Ron and Anian. The internet has turned everybody into mechanics. Everybody's an internet mechanic. The question is, is the guy you're reading about on the internet, is he an idiot? Or does he really know what he's talking about? You, sir, are an idiot. The Car Doctor. Were you? Hello once again to Mr. Ray and uh, Mr. Tony as I look out across my control room window and uh, see two of the brightest minds in radio today uh, occupying this space. Would you guys get out of the way so I can see the picture of those two guys? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome, everybody. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. That's um, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here to talk about, you and your car. More information at cardoctorshow.com. Uh, let me thank Mr. Ray, Mr. Atwood, sticking around for this hour of the Car Doctor Radio as uh, we motor on down. And uh, this is our last hour this weekend, right? Yeah, we got one more hour, and then uh, we're off for the week, and then we just get to go fix cars. Um, next week. How hard could that be? So, uh, Wild and Wooly Week in the shop. If you get out to Facebook, you'll see the results of some of that. We just posted a video which uh, seems to be gaining some popularity on the Car Doctor Facebook page about the 06 Trailblazer. And uh, more so than just the video, but the the idea, it's a very good example of circuit voltage loss and why you've got to test a circuit both loaded and unloaded to get a true idea of what voltage is, is, um, is, is in the circuit. When you hear me talking about using bulbs to load test a circuit and how bright is the bulb, does the bulb light. Um, it, it classic example because this was a case of you could put a bulb on this circuit and it wouldn't light because there wasn't enough current flowing through the corrosion and whatever wires were left under the insulation that would actually uh, do the job. So um, just get out to the Facebook page. You'll find that it's there. Let's kick the garage doors open. I see the lines growing. I have to, uh, Mr. Atwood's pacing the floor. He wants to get home and celebrate his birthday. He's 107 today. Let's go over and talk to Ben in Rhode Island, uh, 06 Toyota Highlander. Ben, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi, thanks, Ron. Uh, I am trying to drop the transmission cam, mm. and I am stuck on four bolts that are, like, right up against the frame. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have any recommendations for trying to get those out. I can't get a wrench. I have a flex head. I can't get – having trouble. I don't have, like, a – you know, anything that I can pop on there to – Yeah, they're little, those are little 10-millimeter head bolts, right? Yep. What, yep. Do you got, what do you got in the way of quarter inch? Um – just a like standard set. You got a you got a, um, you got a quarter inch with a flex head ten. Um, I have uh, flex head ten. Yes, yeah, that can is you, what I have. But because it's, I th- the head I, of it is very fat. Yeah, I think you can sneak you can sneak the quarter inch ten um, into two of them, and then the other two, you've got to go out and find what brand wrenches are you using. Uh. Cheapo one from Harbor Freight. Right, that's the that's the problem because the wall of the wrench is so fat, it won't let you yeah. come in, it won't let you come in from the side. So right. th- this is under the heading of so you want to be a mechanic. Well, now you got to pay the freight, brother. All right, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna go find you're gonna go find a thin wall, nice chrome snap on mortgage the house wrench, uh, or something from the Mac guy, which is half the mortgage of the house. And, um, you know, something in, in the way of a 10 that you can get in there, break it loose, and take your thumb and forefinger, stand backwards, and uh, twirl it out, and that'll get it out. Mm-hmm. So, 
okay. but that's that's really what you need. The problem is you're using um, no insult intended. You're using homeowner tools. No, no you're using homeowner tools to fix a car, and sometimes that just doesn't work. Um, right. You know, there's a reason why it's 103 bucks an hour for labor at repair shops today. So, but right. um, anyway, um, second question. Oh, in, yeah. It, um, so I got um, I got a power torque um, filter for the transmission, um, which came with the, the two gaskets that I need. I also went and, and got from the dealer the, the two gaskets in part because um, – it, it supposedly has like a lifetime screen that I just wash out with transmission fluid. Right. Um, so I don't know if if it makes more sense to put the power torque filter in or or go the standard route and just wash wash the screen off. I'm not familiar with power torque. Who power torque power torque is the brand? Is the brand? Yeah. And is yeah. that is that going to become a a paper filter versus the screen? Yeah, no, it looks, it's metal, um, it, it looks basically like the one that, um, the one that's in there, you know, it's kind of like, a, I want to call it a metal box or right. a little it's, it's, aluminum. It's a, it's a metal mesh. Tray. Right, yeah, it's a metal mesh. Yeah. So you're taking out the old filth, old screen, per se, and you're just putting in a fresh screen. Yeah, I got, I got no problem right. with that. Um, I've okay. got, I've got no right. problem with that. Uh, you know, how many, okay. and I always, you know, sometimes when I wonder and ponder and think, and I always think, you know, what's the... What's you know how many transmissions are out there? How many O six Highlanders are out there? Nobody ever services the trans on, which boggles my mind. But how many of them are out there? Right. They'll drop the pan or they'll do a fluid exchange and they never change the screen. I'm not saying I agree with it. I admire you for what you're doing. Right. I, I think I think what right. you're doing is the right way to do it. Um, you know, right. it's just now now more critical than anything else. You got to make sure. And it sounds like you know this, but you want to put the correct fluid in. Uh, you know, it's right. it's. It, oh yeah, I've got the yeah. from the dealer. Yeah, right. W S. Um, how many yep. mi- how many miles are on this Highlander, Ben? Uh, I've got one forty. Okay, is this the first service? Um, you know, I don't know the service history of the vehicle. Okay. Um, the the fluid looks pretty good. Right. Um, it, it's still got a pretty reasonably red hue. Um, and good. and so I've been yeah. sort of hemming and hawing. Like at first, I was going to do a flush, and then decided against that. And then now I'm thinking about just draining and filling and skipping the filter because the thing is so hard to get out <laughs> yeah well there's there there's that and there's also you know if you do it once at 140 i don't i don't think you need to do it again let's listen it lasted it'll last at 140 no reason to think it won't last right. another 100 if in if at 250,000 miles you're you're not putting a trans in it you probably won't even have the right. car at that point but we'll see so right. why don't we change right. the screen change the gasket put it together this has a dipstick correct this trans Yep, so it it's, it's easy enough to do, and then maybe in eight or ten thousand miles, count two oil changes from now. Just just right. drop just drop the fluid again and refill it. It'll be cheap enough, quick enough, and easy enough. Right. And right. and you know Absolutely. then kind of then kind of work your way out from there. Right. So can I get one more quick? One sure. Here? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Did a did a coolant flush, um, and I, I have an issue. I think because of it's got a rear heater. And I haven't figured out. It seems like um, now what's happening is the front heat. The front heat works fine. Car's great. I turn on the rear heater, and it starts to overheat. And there's still cold air coming out of the rear heat. So I don't know. Is it like a separate heater core back there, or I'm not sure what I'm, how, what I'm missing. How long ago did you do the flush? Oh, just a couple of days ago. Okay. Um, and I had it. It took a while to get some of the air out of the system. Um, it, it, it's been fine for, like, let's say I did the flush maybe four days ago. Right. And, 
you know, the first two days was kind of touch and go. I had to, you know, kind of overheat a little bit and not badly. It would, it would heat up a little and I'd, you know, turn the car off and, you know, let it sit. The air would come out. I'd put more fluid in. Um, sounds, and it, it, sounds like it's, it sounds like it's still airbound. Yeah, that's so, what I'm thinking. So let me ask you this. How are you bleeding the air out of the system? Or are, aren't you? Um, I had, I mean, just initially, when after I did the flush and I filled it up, um, I ran it for a while with the radiator cap off. Um, and then still after that, it seemed like it was burping, you know, air here and there. And now, um, like, it's weird. Basically, right now, the last, earlier today, um, I could run the car. Um, front heat is fine. Rear heat, rear heat is cold uh, or cool, and um, but the car's the temperature gauge is fine. Um, but it, but like yesterday, you know, front heat is good, temp gauge is good, rear heat. I turn it on, and right away the car starts to, to heat up, to overheat. And I had to turn it off, turn off the rear heat, let it cool, go again. And then it's fine. That that one's a little peculiar, only because the car doesn't know. I, to my mind, the car doesn't know whether the 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 heat is on or not. So right. you know, it's just it's it's just a fan blower because there is a heater core in the back, and it it does sound like it is airbound. All right. Mm -hmm. So we've got to go through um, a couple of specific procedures. And the first one I would tell you is: Do you know what a yellow cooling funnel is? Uh, no. Okay. So you're going to, you know, the radiator cap, what is this, the V6? This is the V6, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yep. The, the the radiator cap is on the engine for this, correct? Or does this actually have a radiator uh, yeah, with a separate right cap? The there yep. is a cap on the radiator. Yep. Okay. So we're yep. going to take yep. that, we're going to take that radiator cap off. Well, first thing we're going to do is when the car is cold tomorrow morning, you're going to take off the cap on the engine and fill coolant from there. Because uh, wait, you, you're saying there's a different cap besides the one on the radiator? Yeah, isn't it, this is a V6, right? Oh, you mean the you mean the over the little overfill? No, tank? isn't no. isn't there a separate radiator cap on the engine down by the motor mount in the uh, in, in the if, middle on the passenger side? If there is, side? I didn't know about it. Um, <laughs> take a look. Is, I didn't know about it. I think okay. yeah, I geez, I don't remember if I've ever not seen one there. Maybe you'll be the first. Um. But I think if you look, go stand on the passenger side, lift the hood, go stand on the passenger side, it'll be staring you right in the face. Where that where that motor okay. mount is, uh, there's a there's a corner okay. motor mount, a dog bone. There should be a, a, a separate cap right there, if memory serves me correct. If there is, I want you to utilize it, and when the engine's cold tomorrow, okay. take that cap off and fill it with coolant. If there isn't, then surprise on me. So then I want you to, okay. you know, then I want to just, I want you to, when the engine is cold, I want you to take the radiator cap off and fill it with coolant. But more importantly, I want you to go and get a yellow cooling funnel. All right. Uh, you'll understand, okay. you'll understand when you see it. Do you have an O'Reilly Auto Parts by you or can you get online and take a look? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then yep. get, get, over right, to the, get over to the local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Tell me you want the yellow cooling funnel kit. It's kind of fun. It's, you, mm -hmm. get to, you get to spend a couple of bucks on tools, something we all like to do when we're car guys, car people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the idea will be that you can put this funnel on the radiator and put mm -hmm. a little coolant in it, run the car, get it warm, and put a, you know fill the coolant funnel up about a third of the way once you shut the engine off. Now you can make mm -hmm. a, take a magic marker, make a mark on the outside of the funnel. That was your coolant level. Let, mm -hmm. the, let the car sit overnight. All right? Right. And when you come back in the morning, has the fluid dropped? If the fluid dropped, that right. means it burped the air because the fluid fell into it. Right. If it didn't, right. 
Then what I'm going to tell you to do is you've got to find an incline somewhere and park the car on a slight incline overnight with the funnel on it, if possible, or at least leave the radiator okay. cap off, and hopefully the okay. cool and the air will burp out that way. Okay. Can All I right? put it up on stands? Yeah, why not? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, high is high. Okay. okay. Up is up. And if, what, do I... Do I run the risk of overfilling, and then I would have to drain some out the radiator? Nah, or, or trust what me, do do? you're never going to overfill it. I've never seen anybody overfill okay. a cooling system. Incorrectly mixed, yes, but overfill a cooling right. system, never seen it happen. Because trust me, the system will okay. give it up. It's like the dead. It always gives up. The ocean, it okay. always gives up. It's dead. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, just, just keep filling it, and don't put any in the overflow bottle, and that gives the excess a place to go until you finally get the system balanced out. The idea with the funnel okay. is that you can now measure and see it drop and rise and fall, and you can also leave that on right. there while it's running, and it gives the coolant some place to burn to while it's while it's getting mm. hot to the point where the thermostat finally opens and, and, and allows circulation. Okay. So. Is that the first place to start to run it with the funnel yeah. filled and, and let's, let it heat let's, up? And, yeah, and exactly. Let's, let's run it for 15 okay. minutes with the funnel and see, see where it goes. If we see it starting to overheat, let's shut it off, let it sit overnight, let it burp air, and we'll start again with it in the morning. Okay. All right. And turn the heat. Turn the rear heat. Turn the rear heat on. I suppose. Yes. Make sure that's on. Yeah. And just yep. watch the needle. Okay. Make sure it doesn't overheat. All right. I gotta go, kiddo. Keep me posted, Ben. You let me know what happens. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. We're back right after this. That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Hey, you know, Tom, you know what? Um, you know, what's kind of weird this week. You? Well, besides that, uh, no, what? what's really weird is do you realize we're two thirds of the way through the show and Walter hasn't called? Don't give him any ideas. You know, it's like, I wonder if he finally fixed the Mitsubishi. He sent me some pictures, and I told him what to do. Either that, or he's sitting in a hammock with a coconut. Uh, with himself. He is a coconut. Well, that too. <laughs> so, but um, having a coconut drink, looking at the ocean. No, I don't think he's on the beach. Is he on the beach? I don't know. Never been there. He never invites us. Well, he actually did invite us. That's true. But, but he's he said, not offering he, to pay airfare. Right. He said we could stay at a hotel. So that kind of... <laughs> but yeah, we just... Look at this. We're two weeks into this, and... Uh, Hmm. Well, not to conjure up any spirits. Bob Philsburg, New Jersey. How are you today, brother? What's going on? Hey, uh, uh, last week I was talking to you about uh, battery for the 65 Volkswagen Beetle. Yep. I made a lot of phone calls. I bet you I spent three hours trying to come up with something. And, uh, something, and I was, uh, it was like, uh, you know, it was horrible. Right. And something told me, World Pack. I don't know if you ever dealt with them or sure, not. Sure, yeah. I would think World Pack would have it. I gave them a call and made arrangements, and the next day I had a battery. Yeah. Yeah. You had what, one of their World Pack, uh, the private branded? Yeah. 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 But it's just the idea that, uh, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's amazing how much time you can spend for research. And if I, and if I was a uh, repair shop, I would have lost money. Well, well, you see, Bob, I have to tell you something. Can I tell you something let you in on to an inside secret? Sure, sure. 65 Volkswagens aren't mainstream anymore. So the, the problem is that, you know, they're not carrying parts for them like they once did. That's the problem. Yeah. So, hey, listen, yeah. 72 Monte Carlo. Uh, you know, I remember when I could get, you know, I can't, I'm having a hard time finding a, a, a decent quality 
dual exhaust system. You know, mufflers and tailpipes and stuff. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. you know, it's 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 an old car now. It's 50 years old, 40 years old, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, they want to sell you all these high-end performance, Borla this and loud that. No, I just want to... Yeah. Want, I just want dual exhaust. Like, And I think I found a, uh, a company that makes it. But my point is, yeah, you know what it's said, right? The older cars, nobody... Because it's all about... I remember those cars, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's doesn't matter. You know? Okay, I'll have other quick question. Yeah. Uh, 2008 Audi A3 uh, Quattro. Uh, I want to remove the front seats because I want to replace the seat cushions, the right. foam. Right. And they have a side airbag. What kind of precautions do I need to take? Disconnect the battery. Well, see now uh -huh. we get into now we get into all this stuff, right? Disconnect the yeah. disconnect the battery. Let it bleed down for a while. Half hour is good. All right, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then you know, start unbolting the seat, making sure you disconnect the connectors. The airbag uh, indicators, the airbag connectors, will be marked and highlighted in yellow. Yeah, and, and there'll be some sort of safety lock tab there, so you want to make sure that you know, be be gentle and don't break any of the tabs, and then just uh -huh. take it out. Now, if you disassemble the seat and take the airbag out physically out of the seat before you recover it or give it to the upholstery shop. Yeah. Make sure when you put that airbag down that you don't put it face down. Oh, okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to put yeah. it so that if it accidentally discharged, which has been known to happen on rare occasions, that mm -hmm. it, it just blows up. Because if you put it face down it'll, and that thing deploys, it'll go through the roof of the house. You know, it'll oh, just, I imagine that they're expensive too, aren't they? Well, they're a couple, they're a couple of bucks. You know, but yeah. look look at the whole car. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's the only precaution. I when I yeah. ta when I take seats apart now, Bob, I I yeah. make sure I have a camera, and I start taking pictures. Good idea. I just you know, and I mean, I'll take pictures down to the nth degree of here's where the wiring harness loops, and you know, here's the clip, and here's where this fits, and and, and, yeah. and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, by all means, you want to follow that. All right, sir. Okay, so you okay. hang in there and you let us know what happens. We've got to get you out for a summer cruise. We'll take the 65 Volkswagen and the 72 Monte Carlo somewhere, and uh, we'll do that. Bob, always a pleasure, sir. I'm running in the car, doctor. We're back right after this. Don't go away. Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900 for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hey, let's get over and talk to Mike Danella, New Jersey, and uh, see what's going on. Mike, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Oh, I got no kick, man. We're uh, rolling along. I get to do this radio show each and every week. Y you know, That's a good thing you're doing that. Well, you know what? And I still love it, Mike. I mean, we've talked over the years. It's like, geez, we're, we've got to know each other 12, 15 years. It's been like, I guess so. I've yeah. started listening probably back in... Uh, uh, 2001. Right. So here we are. It's, you know, it's 2018. It's uh, uh, 17 years. You're right. You know, listen, it, it goes. I got to tell you, the youngest Danian, the littlest Danian, yeah. she doesn't remember me not being on radio, and she's 28 years old, mm -hmm. uh, 27 years old. So it's, uh, well. you know, time flies when you're having fun. All of a sudden, 
you start talking about cars and you're like, uh, wow, um, you know, it's like it's 30 years ago. Uh, Imagine this, somebody who can't see loves cars. Yeah, that's me. Well, it's, you know, well, listen, that's okay. I, I got a lot the of sound, the smell, the yeah, glory, you know. You know what? You'd probably make a better mechanic than half the guys out there. People know uh, how to drive, it'd be better. Right. Well, that's that's a whole other conversation. Over but um, basically, I, I, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. These new GDI engines from Ford, the basically the Mustang motor, the uh, Focus, uh, and the uh, the V6 that they're putting in the the twin turbos in the uh, trucks. Right. Um, I have read in various periodicals and YouTubed stuff and online that they're having a carbon problem with them, and they're uh, people are destroying their engines because they're not either cleaning them periodically or if they have a stick and they're, they accelerate in, in top gear with a, a little harder than they should and gas goes in there and kind of just like destroys the motor. I haven't heard the one about the acceleration, all right? And I think what you're referencing and maybe describing is if they're in high gear in a manual trans and they lug the motor, meaning they don't downshift. Yeah, that's what I'm talking ride. about, like the Mustang, right. the 2.3s. And, and, you know? and, and maybe they're using a less than premium octane fuel or a lower octane fuel than what's required. Under certain conditions, it causes spark knock and detonation of the fuel, and yeah, it'll over time it'll rattle the engine apart and cause engine damage and so forth. So it's... It's really important to pay attention. You know, if the octane rating is 93 and that's what they want, guess what? Well, that's what you got to Put it use. in there. Yeah. Now, how often should you um, clean one of these um, GDI motors? The problem with cleaning GDI is there's no real good way to do it. And here's the reason why. A, <laughs> a GDI injector sprays the, sprays the fuel directly into the cylinder. Right, not like the rails that you have right. on a regular fuel-injected so, motor. So on a port fuel-injected engine, the fuel rail, the injector was spraying through a rail, and it would hit the back of the intake valve, and that fuel, if it had a, you know, the fuel itself, yeah, it would, yeah. to a degree, wash off the, the schmutz on the valve. That's a technical term. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but if, if it had some sort of a, uh, you know, fuel system cleaner additive in there, it would also attach to the carbon and help break it down. That was a good thing. Right. But, but with a GDI engine, you're spraying directly into the cylinder. You'll clean the tops of the pistons, but, you know, there's got to be some residual, hopefully, around that, if anything, will attack the carbon on the valve. Would so, Barrowman do that, or is Berryman does do that. The Berryman Hess technology does work. Um, it's got to be done on a consistent basis, and it's mm -hmm. it's it's part of normal maintenance. It's the problem is, you, you know, when people stop smoking, you ever, you know, it's it's. I'm not picking on smokers. It just popped in. Nah, my I head. smoke cigars, so I know okay. what you mean. All right, people will stop smoking. They'll start when they're 20, and they'll stop when they're 75. When the doctor gives them the bad <laughs> news, and you know, all of a sudden now they want to start. You know, hey, I got to stop smoking. I got to get rid of this. All right, uh, guess what? You know what? If if you pour the can of Berrymans into the tank at a hundred thousand miles, too late. Too late. The game's over. You, you've been smoking too long. It's it's irreversible damage. So what do you do when you do an oil change? Yeah, we do. That's exactly right. We do a bottle of we do a bottle of Berrymans every oil change. We encourage people to do that. And we will find that the majority of customers, at, i got to say, actually, I don't want to say all because I might have forgotten one or two, but I, mm -hmm. the majority of customers at the shop are driving, you know, 
they get rid of their cars when they're done with them, not when the engines fail. Not you know, right. it's and the average customer at the shop. I can tell you this: the average customer at the shop, the average mileage, um, average mileage is around the 150, 160 mark. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got a, we've got a couple of people with 280,000 miles on their vehicles. It's and they're still going. They're still reliable. Have they paid the freight and done the maintenance? Yeah, but. You know, it's, 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 and I'm not suggesting you never buy a new car. Listen, once right. in a while you got to buy a new car. Um, it's just it's part of the process. But if you want to hang on to it, um, but you know, maintenance has to occur on a regular basis from day one. Well, and, I'll leave you with this thought before, and I appreciate everything you said today, and I agree with it all. But if you if you go out looking at cars, and uh, you find, let's say, a Honda. Uh, 2004 with uh, 32,000 miles on it. Would that be a better buy than, let's say, a 2010 with 120, depending on the maintenance? Depends on the maintenance. It, it, it really depends on the maintenance, because sometimes that little old lady that's driving that 2004 Honda with 32,000 miles on it does more, does more harm than good. Yep. You know, it's it's if you're buying a used car, I think one of the factors with buying a used car is obviously it's it's maintenance, but more importantly, it's general condition. All right, be be because bad things can happen to anything. Listen, my 2004 Suburban. You can imagine how often I've changed its diaper, right? Oh, we heard we heard it. Yeah, we why, heard about why, that. Why would the, why would the torque converter go at 56,000 miles? I can tell you why, but I can't use that kind of language on radio. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 General Motors. You know, it's 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 something in the design. It's a flaw yep. that you know, like, come on, guys, really? But you know, here I am. I'm doing exactly what you're talking about. I'm looking at the vehicle in its entirety. I've got well over. Let me think for a quick second, and I can't have any silence on radio because that never sound on radio is always very important. But I've, I've got to have close to forty-four hundred dollars just in material. There you go. Trans cooler lines. Um, let me say trans cooler lines. Fuel and evap line. Water, mm. water pump, radiator, condenser, belts, hoses. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and everything right out of GM. Oh, Lord. One, one, one more point, and then I'll go. Yeah. Um, with the multiple speed transmission set of 8, 9, 10 gears, what do you think? Are we going to have more, less problems, uh, unsolvable? What? I've, I've got to think we're going to have more. Oh, yeah. Not not that I'm negative, but I just no. think, you know, it's it's more technology. That every time we increase the the circumference of of knowledge the circumference of problems surrounding it grows you know now we've got you know we went from a four speed to an eight speed you've, you've got to think you've got twice the potential for twice as many issues twice as many parts twice as much technology and eventually and you know I, i've been saying this kiddingly the last couple of weeks but i'm starting to think maybe a hundred years from now it'll be true when they're sitting there laughing about hey did you know there was a car show on back at the turn of the last century and they'll be laughing at this guy but <laughs> I, I i sort of think that you know the people a hundred years from now they'll be driving these plastic cars electric vehicles and when the car breaks you're going to walk out take the velcro throw, off throw it away well you're going to take the license plate off it's going to be held on by velcro you'll stick it in your bag and you know, maybe it won't even be license plates. It'll be a UPC barcode so they can identify it. You'll, you'll, you'll call for an Uber. The Uber will take you home. And instead of street sweepers, we're going to have car sweepers. These big machines are going to come along and suck the car up like a vacuum, grind it up back into plastic, recycle it. We're done. Go buy another car. 
Man, I wish I could get some of what you're having this afternoon. I'm telling you, it's been good stuff. <laughs> um, it's been good stuff, and it's legal in most states. So and happy birthday to Tony! Right? I will. I'll let him know that. Yeah, he's smiling. He's happy. He gets to go home and eat his. He gets to go home and eat his birthday cake very soon. Uh, well, so, all right, my friend. It's always a pleasure. You too, Michael. You take good care. Thank you. Um, there's a there's a there's a car guy. All right. There's a blind car guy. It boggles my mind. This guy knows more about cars than half the mechanics I talk to. It's it's staggering. So it just goes to show you what passion and 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 ability will do for a person. And uh, you know, God bless him. So we're glad to have you here, Michael. We're glad to catch you among the family. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The car doctor's coming back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. My name the Car Doctor as we uh, kind of roll things along this hour. Let's go over and talk to Lance in Texas and see what's going on here. Lance, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Yes, sir. Hi. Thanks oh. for uh, listening to <clears throat> my problem. Yes, <laughs> that's okay. 2013 Dodge Grand Caravan, sir. Right. Um, we have an issue uh, with the windshield wipers suddenly uh, toward the evening time. They were stuck on at the uh, at least the fastest mode uh, and continuously, no pause. Um, the turn signals became inoperative, and the dash lights were completely out. The only thing that was illuminated was the check engine light and the seatbelt light, uh, indication light. Okay. Uh, I did not really check the high beam. I presume, since reading a lot of articles everywhere, that they were inoperative as well. Um, the rear light, uh, brake lights were operative, uh, and the hazards were operative. So all the emergency uh, gadgets were ready to go. It just uh, something was uh, <clears throat> serial data uh, between probably the side doors. Uh, if there's modules that are talking, probably the front's talking to the, to the rear. Uh, there's something going on. So man, it went into a bypass mode, uh, right. I'm presuming. But right. uh, well, I don't know. What do you think? It sounds like we're losing communication. Has Have you pulled any yeah. codes from it at all? N yeah, when I took it in, uh, they said there were no codes, and they said that uh, it was charging. Um, I assumed that maybe somebody pulled it, uh, pull, accidentally pulled the, uh, you know, just to see if it was going to. Sometimes uh, people do that, you know. They'll take it in, and they'll say, oh, it should be reset or something like that, and then boom, it, it does for a miraculous reason, and they, they scoot it down the road. Is, <laughs> it is, comes is, back, but they want to get it out of the way. Is this, but anyways, is this uh, the, yeah, it was cleared, the, and the guy said that there were no codes uh, at the dealership, and so... I don't know. That you were trying it for the next three days, and that was uh, that was it. Oh my God! Well, yeah, and, you know the dealer did this. Now, understand when I say scanning for codes, I'm not just talking about um, engine engine faults. I'm talking about every module in the vehicle. Exactly. Hey, man, <laughs> right. that's what I asked them. You know, it it sounds to me like what you're describing is the vehicle's going into some sort of failure. And it's just it's it's lost communication, and it's just starting to turn things on at random. And and you know where do we begin? Now they may have to catch it in the act because the problem is. Or let me ask you the question this way: When it goes into this failure, how many times have you seen it go into this failure? Three times. Okay. And to to get it out of that failure, what do you do? Turn the key off, and it's fine. Say again. Key, you know, you did it, and then. Uh, my mom shut it off, and then she tried it again, and then I tried it, and then that was it. I was like, nope, I'm gonna get. <laughs> At least we got a toad in. 
or I can, you know, limp it in and I can get on the side road. Because in Texas, we have these, you know, huge uh, shoulders. We can, you yeah, know, I mean, yeah, you guys. But anyways, uh, you know, that's what I, that's what I did. So, but uh, they so, said that there was nothing there and they, they charged it up and everything and blah, blah, blah. And then I tried to give them some hints too. I said, well, you know, what about the side doors? Are there, is there a communication loss there? Can you guys start wiggling wires? Can you go into Identifix? Can you go see, look at the TCB? I didn't want to start telling them their business, man, right. but give me a break. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, 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 it sort of sounds like, you know, if I, were, if I were taking a guess from my seat here, like the, I would start paying attention to the BCM, the body module, and also the instrument cluster. Uh, those are the two major communicators in that in that vehicle. The other thing that's common that are common faults on Chrysler is the power distribution center under the hood. Um, they've been known to have faults and issues. As a matter of fact, I think there's more than a couple of bulletins that discuss erratic operation. Power distribution is, as it as its name implies, it's you know it's where all the voltage flows in and out of. And they've been known to you know have communication faults going through that and creating issues like you're describing. Um, it would be real. It would. This would be an easier conversation to have if the broken vehicle was in front of you, because it would be a matter of plugging into the tool and seeing who's not talking. Somebody's not talking here. That's really what it comes down to, Lance. All right, and they've got to probably catch it in the act. Obviously, I would go through the basics, body uh, body grounds and and battery terminals and and so on and so forth. But if they can't if they can't get anywhere, they're going to have to hang on to it until they can actually replicate it. Make sure the vehicle is current flashed up to all levels and all modules, because I've seen software cause this too. And um, let's go from there. Call me back in uh, call me back in a couple of weeks. Let me know how you make out. I'm sorry I could be more specific. You've uh, you've got some other things going on there. They've got to get resolved. So. Um, I'll look forward to the return phone call. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Who's gonna drive you home? The Car Doctor will. Hey, Ron and Amy, The Car Doctor here. Let's go over and talk to Jerry. Some comments about the last call from Lance. Jerry, you're on with The Car Doctor, kiddo. What's going on? Uh, yes, Ron. Yes, sir. I have uh, several older uh, caravans and uh, town and countries. In fact, I'm driving an 05, and I had problems yesterday, very similar to that last caller. Okay. Uh, wipers wouldn't work, turn signals, and what I do is disconnect the negative battery cable for approximately 30 seconds and put it back, and I've fixed those problems a number of times. I don't know what what goes wrong, but right. that well, might cure his problem. And, and the problem is, in doing that, now you'll erase all the information, so if you take it into a repair shop, they'll never find it. And, and I get it, you know. Okay. It's, 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 so okay. it's so it's okay. It's a temporary fix. It solves it for that immediate moment. But uh, you know, his now Lance's problem may have been that he's got a wiring harness issue somewhere, and I would have gotten into that with him, but we ran out of time for the call at that segment. Um, for example, the 13s, the 11s, 12s, and 13s have known issues with the left door harness for the left sliding door, and sometimes you know. Um, it'll it'll cause a, a miscommunication fault. Now the difference between a 13 and an 05 is, you know, Apollo Apollo program to space shuttle. It's just in terms of communication and uh, what's going on technology wise. Uh, that 13, for example, that 13 caravan. The reason we yeah. know it's going into limp mode is because he said the headlights and the wipers come on, and that's a just a sort that's a safety feature. When the communication network shuts down, they they turn on the wipers and uh, um, the lights to sort of let you know there's a problem um, beyond you know no dashboard warning lights. Because what if the dashboard went out as part of communication fault? They've got to tell you somehow, right? Um, so he's got an issue. That and you've got an issue too, but he's got an issue that I think he's going to find either in a wiring harness or a module. The problem becomes 
They've got to get into it when the problem happens. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a real quick, Jerry. I had a conversation with someone this week. We were talking about controlled area networks and communication faults. Think of a house with ten telephones in it. It's just you know every 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 phone or every module communicates on two wires, high and low data, and basically one phone gets a bad set of wires and it takes down the entire network. And it could put you into limping, just like he's going through and perhaps what you're going through in your 05, just you have slightly older technology. I appreciate the call, Jerry. I appreciate the heads up and the effort. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Until the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.